Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, is Ryan Nielsen the real deal? I'm happy about what I saw with the Atlanta Braves, and it has absolutely nothing to do with scoring runs. And last but not least, and for the culture, will the Falcons regret drafting B. John Robinson? It's all next. ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that from you in advance. ATL Day Ones is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to learn more. And coming up in 10 minutes. Were the Braves actually getting back on track or were they just playing the Mets? We'll talk about that. But first, <laughs> we have to talk about the Atlanta Falcons. And plus, as you can see right now, that is not Tanitra Batiste. I know you guys are like, okay, who is that? That's not Tanitra. But, you know, I do got a, a nice, nice, nice feeling. My main man, Randy McMichael, former Georgia Bulldog. No, he is a Georgia Bulldog. Former Miami Dolphin, NFL vet. You know, in the game with the Miami Dolphins. And I think it's kind of fitting that we have you on here today, Randy, because, you know, the Falcons played the Miami Dolphins on Friday night. And when you think about once we found out, you know, that the the um, the starters weren't going to play on both sides, I think my mind started to change. I don't know about you. My mind started to shift a little bit. Okay, like, all right, now who's going to play? Right. And who am I? Should I have my eye on when it comes to? And I also started looking at, at the defense overall because we know Ryan Nielsen was brought in. We heard he was going to be aggressive. He's going to be sending guys from different levels. And we heard that the cornerbacks have been looking really good in practices and those other stuff like that. So I just think from a scheme standpoint, I was going to start looking at that standpoint. But for you, after seeing what happened last night, what is it, five sacks? They had an interception earlier on. And when you and the strip sack by Arnold Abikati in the fourth quarter, do you feel like this Ryan Nielsen hire has been justified, or am I I'm going a, bit, a little bit too far so, uh, so far? Well, the thing with it is, like, I kind of figured probably because they did the two practices in Miami that the starters probably weren't going to play. I just had I just didn't have that feeling, and I thought if if Desmond Ritter was going to play then the starting offensive line was going to play. If they weren't going to play, they're not going to put him behind that number two offensive line. As we right. saw throughout the league, throughout the preseason, number two offensive line stink. They stink. Yes. Yeah, they stink. Yes. And so you didn't, want to, yes. Yeah, you didn't <laughs> want to put your quarterback behind that. <laughs> yes. But I think the one thing that you saw, even though you didn't get a chance to see the main guys on defense, you saw guys like, like you said, like AK, who, I mean, at, at, at the beginning of the game, he looked a little lost in the run game to me, but you just saw mm-hmm. him keep coming and pass rushing, doing the things that – the Falcons need him to do, Jarvis, and you know this very anybody. Like the 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 one thing that you used to always talk about when Vic Beasley was here was having that secondary move. Yes, sir. He can rush up field, but that's inside spin move. That's his second move, and it was a thing of beauty. So I look mm-hmm. at the scheme as a whole. Even though it was back backup guys, they always put on the team goals, no matter who's out there for defense. You of know what I mean? They had a yeah. little bend but don't break type situation, but they, I mean. For them to have the two turnovers and also, you know, being able to make plays on the back. And I thought that was a positive 
Now, am I ready to say that Ryan Nielsen is the answer to the Falcons' defensive woes for these last couple of years? I ain't ready to go there, but I'm excited to see, you know, how his scheme works with the regular guys that are hopefully, well, not hopefully, Arthur Smith said today that they're probably going to play Friday against Cincinnati. Yeah, man, I'm with you on that. I'm looking forward to that because, like, like in, in having in some conversations I've had with Grady Jared and Davey on your model, man, I was like, just to be able to have somebody that you know what they bring to the table, right. it is just can open up so much just from a, um, availability, right? What I mean when I say availability, like I ain't got to worry about getting double team on yeah. this particular play. Yeah. Or, hey, if I'm in this one technique, I might not get touched by more than two people. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Because they have to worry about the, game, the main on the other side and they're three. On, on that side of things, but I think that, you know, Arnold Abicati is something that I feel like he's a guy, Mac, and, and you can kind of tell me if, if you agree with this or not. I, I think that he's a guy that he needs that confidence. Right. That knowing that he can do it because I'm sitting up here like, you know, like guys are tend to, will tend to go that outside route, you know, as much as they possibly can, try to speed rush, speed rush, speed rush. And I'm like, dude, you wait till the fourth quarter to use your inside, finally go inside? Send you it know up. Send so, it up. <laughs> hey, man, you know, hey, man, look, I look at it like this, man. Like, preseason is the time, is the time of, of year to work on all your moves. Work all of them. Throw all of them out there just to see how you feel with them, how, how guys are all receptive to it. And then you can go back and feel, look at film and say, you know what? All right, that kind of worked a little bit, and all I had to do was kind of do this. And you kind of tweak certain things. I think there are teachable moments when it comes to preseason. I know a lot of people don't really care about preseason, but when you look at it from that standpoint, I just think it's a, a, a something that you can kind of just focus in on when you put it on tape. Once you put it on tape, hey, you can talk about it, you can make right. adjustments, but if you don't put it on tape or you wait till the fourth quarter, it's just like, all right, okay, maybe I should have used this move a little bit earlier. But I think Arnold Abicati is a definitely a guy that I feel like. That second year is going to be some pressure, I feel like, to start to come kind of bubble up and it going into his second year. Well, I think the thing with it is that last year, him being drafted in the second round, which with a very high pick in the second round, because, you know, that was all the buzz around, you know, this year's draft. They need a pass rusher, they need a pass rusher. And then I kept coming back with, hell, they just drafted two pass rushers last year. Can they have a chance to develop? Now, Arnold's going to be counted on. I saw today at practice, you know, I'm assuming that this is the starting front four with Calais. Uh, David, Grady, and Bud Dupree. But, I mean, Bud doesn't rush a passer like he used to. Arnold's going to mm-hmm. have a lot of opportunities to rush passers and everything like that. But, like you said, it's just one of those things where he just got to continue to keep working at his craft. And, I mean, you know this, Jarvis, by playing the position of these line. It's a craft to be a defensive line. It's a craft Absolutely, to be a pass rusher. It's just not something that you wake up and do. You, I mean, I, I had this uh, conversation with an old teammate about a long time ago, at, uh, Jason Taylor, Hall of Famer Jason Taylor. He said, I was born rush your passer you know what i'm saying like this is something that's embedded in you now you got to work on it but he was always told me he said, i was born to rush the passer and so and so that's Arnold a hell of a statement to, to make right you know he did i mean he's a hall of famer so i mean he, right exactly you know, i was born to do it and yep, so exactly. you know I, I love that part about it but i mean there's so much they got to do but it, it, the excitement is is that you feel like you were just talking about like just go out and just pick great 97 97 he can't be having more fun than he's having right now because he got dudes. Not saying that the dudes weren't good. They just weren't as good as these guys he got around him now. And I Absolutely. think that's going to be the biggest thing about seeing Grady be able to not be the guy. Now, no doubt, don't, don't get me wrong. 
Grady is going to be the red circle on offensive uh, on offensive boards in the meeting room. They're going to yeah, circle. Yeah, going to be red. Yep. Yeah, they're going to circle 97. <laughs> we got to block yep. this guy. Certainly. All right, this guy can wreck the whole game. But now he has yep. guys that are just as effective. I don't think any of these guys are as good as Grady, but David is a very good football player. And he's a guy that can make and keep offensive lines and offenses I mean, how many times did we see three bodies on Grady? You won't see that no more this year because yeah. these other guys can compromise, can capitalize off of those moves. And, and, and uh, last thing before before we move on, I, I think I want to ask you about, you know, Michael Walker was released uh, yeah. on Sunday. And I, I think a lot of people kind of kind of like take this thing in perspective. And I want to get your opinion on it because a lot of people are saying, oh, well, good riddance and all that stuff. But. Do you think this is necessarily an indictment on him and what he brought to the table as a player? Or if this is like, hey, this is the regime. They got their guys in and they're trying to, you know, make sure they the guys that they brought in to play that linebacker spot, you know, make sure they get as much reps as possible. Well, when they brought in Ellis, you know his days the number. You know, you know, you know, he's a familiar, he's a familiar with the defensive coordinator and all those different things. My thing with the whole situation was I it, to me, and I could be completely wrong. It was one of those things where they let him know, you know, I know you've been not started here, but, you know, we're going to go in a just different direction. You might, you're going to play teams now. You might get in and like short yards, goal line packaging and stuff like that at the linebacker position. But for the most part, these are, these two guys are our guys. And it's something that he probably, they let him know, let his agent know that we're going to, you know, go this direction. And he may be, maybe asked him to be waived. I don't know. But I mean, in situations like that, that's the first thing came to mind because I don't think that, he was bad enough football player for them to just wave him right now in camp. You know what I mean? That right. would have been yeah, something yeah, that exactly, yeah. maybe waited, or they want to get a look at some of these other young linebackers and just want to give him an opportunity to get a fresh start somewhere. And so that's what I think it was. But again, I could be wrong, but I've seen situations like this where, you know, we want to get our young guys a, 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 a look. It's not an indictment on you, but these two dudes in front of you are going to be our guys. So let's see if we can find somebody else to maybe be that third linebacker in our in our in our big in our big packages and everything like that. I'm thinking I'm with you because here's the thing. Like he was the only starting capable guy that was out there. So I feel like, hey, you put something on tape that you can right. work with. And going forward, I, I I really feel like there's gonna be something that, you know, they kind of hey, you know, hey, these are our guys, these are our guys, and we're gonna give you some time, give you a chance to put put something on tape and then, you know, try to catch on somewhere and, right. and move forward. Right. I mean, because it, I mean, it makes sense to me. But like I said, I don't think Michael was bad enough last season, and I don't think I don't know if Caden Ellis and um, and uh, and Anderson were that far ahead of him that you just release him. I just think it was one of those things where he let him know what it was, and he and his agent came and probably asked the Falcons for his uh, for his release. That, that's just what I think. I, I'm I'm wholeheartedly agree with you on that one. Got to let you know that this episode of ATL Day 1 is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Football season is about to kick off. And guess what, guys? FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you get a bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Yes, every time. Every time they win in the regular season, you're going to be able to get bonus bets. And guess what you can use those bonus bets for? You can bet on the spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Because, guys... If you're doubling down on the Atlanta Falcons, yes, over, under, all that stuff, eight and a half right now. So, yeah, you can use those bonus bets. Every time those guys, you you pick them to win the Super Bowl, you can get some bonus bets to go bet on some player props. Or you can bet on the spreads. You can do all that. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. 
FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. L O C K E D O N. FanDuel is the official sports, being bet, sports book betting partner of the NFL. It is ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. That's not Tanitra, that's Random McMichael. You see right there, or well, you hear the voice of Random McMichael uh, that you're hearing right now. He is the former uh, Miami Dolphin. 10-year NFL vet, and of course, you see it in the background for those of you who are watching right now, Georgia Bulldog, you know, going for three straight in a row. We're going to talk about some Georgia Bulldogs in just a second. All right. But first, Randy, got to talk about the Atlanta Braves. They get you know, win the series against the New York Mutts, or as John Chuck, we like to refer to him as, the New York Mutts. It's so funny about that. That, that. I love that nickname, man. He's been, he a bad, come up so good. He's been such a bad influence on you like me. I know, man. Like, he, just, he, just, he just kind of bleeds like that, yeah. that, that pessimism. You know what I'm right. saying? When right, comes right. To stuff like that. But, yeah, got to love it, though. But when they, they win the series 3-1 against the, the New York Mets, and, and one of the things that I feel like there was kind of overall – that I took away from the series, not the 21 run score. Yeah, because we know, hey, we understand what the Braves can do when they're swinging the bats all right. Because up and down that lineup is absolutely ridiculous when you right. think about going one through nine and having to deal with those cats. Right. But I think the biggest takeaway for me, Randy, is the fact that Spencer Strider was seven innings. You know, he had only six strikeouts. But I think I was actually uh, – Tanisha and I had kind of talked about this before – was the fact that, you know, a lot of times when you're getting these double-digit strikeouts, everything, that means a lot of times you're going deep in the council, especially right. when you got guys fouling the ball off yeah. and all that stuff because they're trying to catch up to that fastball, that heater that he's throwing, 99 miles per hour and all that stuff. And you can kind of get really get into a lot of pitches. But I think he kind of switched it up just a little bit by, you know, hey, having those one-pitch uh, at-bats, like, hey, guy popping up or, you know, uh, grounding out and everything like that. And I think that's something that I feel like Spencer stood – try to focus in on as the season starts to wind down. What, what do you, what are your thoughts? Well, I'll tell you this, Jarvis. Um, when I saw him going back out for the seventh, I just automatically just assumed just like our last, this is like the last two starts when he went out, when he's going uh, into the seventh, uh-oh, you know, because he's had trouble mm-hmm. once he's gone past yeah. the inning, you know, but I was glad right. Nick kind of put him back out there. Like you said, he was more in control and without the strikeouts, like you said, because a lot of those are those two, three counts, two and two counts, but the ball's being fouled off, fouled off, fouled off, and everything like that. So yep. it was good to see him go back out there because, you know, he was one of those, he's one of those guys along with Max Free, that when the other guys in the rotation stink, they can't afford to stink, you know. And so yes. the last start, Max Free, who was going tonight versus the Yankees, he stunk his last outing. But not necessarily mm-hmm. stunk, Jarvis. He had one bad inning. And I think that's the thing a shaky, with, yeah. mm-hmm. with Spencer. It's been the same thing. One bad inning is usually in the six. It's been just a bad inning. Not a bad game, but a bad inning. And it usually gets out of control. And so for him to go in there and just be settled and go in there and, and be able to just, you know, handle the six, Go all the way to the seventh. I thought that was big, but more importantly, I thought with Snick just like you know what I know he's had a bad six two of the last three starts. But you know what I'm gonna put him back out there anyways, and he went ahead and he prevailed in, in those seven innings. Yeah, and, and that was one of the things that. But you know, like you talking about speaking of one bad inning, you talk you got Charlie Morton on the other hand too. You yeah. know, like all those walks, man, and, and just the control issues that he's been having. It's just like, man, it's Uncle Charlie kind of. Yeah, wearing down on us in front of our eyes, and to be honest with you, we kind of seen this like as we roll down towards the end of the season, whether it be ending the season with an injury or having dealing with some ailments or something like that, and just not being able to get itself together. And I think that that was something that was a little concerning, but unfortunately, 
He was playing against the New York Mets. But that brings me to my question. Do you think this was kind of like the Braves getting back on track? Or this is like, hey, they're playing against the star behind Mets, and it kind of is what it is. We well, hope, hopefully it is something to get you back on track. I mean, you know, they should have won all that. They should have won all four games. But Yanni, of course, he had to oh, go out gosh. there and stink it up like he always does. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> stinky. <Just> stinky. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I think, you know what, um, it was fun. I, I laughed so much especially Saturday when they just beat the hell out of the day on Mets. It was just so fun yes. and everything like that. And I mean, they're, they are, don't get me wrong, they're head and shoulders better than the Mets. I think they're better than the damn Pirates who just gave them all they wanted too. Of course, so I yeah. just look at it as, you know what, and you can just kind of tell the Mets are ready. They're ready for the season to be over so bad. Their players mm-hmm. are, you can just tell by all those things. But I'm always going to look at it in a positive way and say they're – you know what? They needed it. You know what? Because, I mean, that was a hard-fought series. I mean, 2-2 two, two tie against the Pirates, long road trip and things like that. And they just need to get out of there with something. And for them to beat up on the Mets the way they did, hopefully it, it worked out. Again, we got the other New York team in town uh, for, uh, for for a series this week. And hopefully it can, it can carry over because there's another New York team talking about Yeah, I, I, th- I think that, you know, definitely coming into this, like definitely looking for Max Free to kind of – you know, get think, get it, get it right. Like yeah. I want to see some balance, right? Like the, his first outing, six innings was absolutely perfect. Beautiful. And I was like, then you came in, he had the one bad inning. I just want to bounce it out. He don't have to be perfect. Right. Like, just balance that bad boy out. Be the ace of the staff because, like, hey, man, it's mid August, man. You know, yeah. these playoffs are coming up pretty soon. They'll be here before you know it. So I just want to see some balance, you know, between what you know what we're used to seeing from Max Fried and. And, and not necessarily being the whole, start looking like the stock market going up and all down. The right, right, right. Another thing, though, that, that really stood out to me, uh, Matt, was the fact that this dude, Nicky Lopez. Yeah, uh, man. This dude went, what, four for six <laughs> on Saturday? <Yeah. laughs> and, and, and just was just tearing his back, tearing the ball up. Then he went and pitched in, in, the, in, in um, at the end of the game to, you know, on Saturday as well. Like, is this another one of uh, Alex Anthopoulos's, uh, you know, he went four for six, one home run, five yeah. RBIs, and he scored three runs in that first game of the, of, the, of, the, of the twin bill, so to speak. Do you think this is one another one of Alex Anthopoulos's, like, moves? Like, hey, I got me another one. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I don't I don't know. I don't know. He was he was outstanding, and for him to go in and pitch was great. I saw earlier today, uh, he's starting today. They're gonna, I guess they're going to let Ozzy rest because he did leave last night with some tightness or, I'm sorry, cramping. In his uh, in hamstring. hamstring, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. Okay. he's going to be yeah. out. So he's going to be starting for Ozzy today at second, probably. And it's it's just great when you can have a utility guy. Now I'm not saying he's going to go like that all, you know, every time he's in a game. But I mean, what an opportunity when he, you know, you, you get a chance, you know, to give Arcia the first game off and to be a part of that, you know, getting his first hit as a Brave and doing all those different things. It was amazing, and hopefully he can continue it and everything because it does seem like every time when Alex fills in with a position player. They just he just hits it right on the head. And I don't know if it's and a lot of times I can't say it is because you're playing with a better team. You're playing with a better roster, playing yeah. with better hitters around you, and you're gonna get pitches. And I think that's the biggest thing about him. He's gonna get pitches to hit. And I thought that uh, him him having an opportunity to go out there and just fill in for our seed because it's getting to the to the point of the season where you want to start giving some guys some rest and everything, especially yeah. guys like like Ozzy who's played every single game, Ronnie who plays every single game, Matt Olson who plays every single game, uh, Austin Riley. You want to try and get these guys a day or so, but it's hard because Nick they want to play. You know these guys yes, enjoy playing they, baseball, so especially we especially Ronnie, yeah, especially Ronnie. But I yeah. thought it was great for him to get out there and have fun and everything. And again, it was against the Mets, so that made it even better. 
Yeah, man. He's like, as much as, like, you talk about that New York team, I'm not going to say their name. I'm just going to say the other New York team. Right, I, right. I don't like them. I just okay. don't like them. I hate them. Kevin Sykes, you must, yeah, uh, all them. Yeah, I can't stand, I can't stand the mofos. Like, so yeah, I don't say their names on this show, and, that, and I'm glad that you didn't say it as well. So I appreciate you that, appreciate that from you, my brother. All right, but you know, coming up in a few minutes, we're gonna talk about whether or not the Falcons made a mistake by drafting Bijan over number 88. We'll talk about that, but first, I want to say thank you guys to all our everydayers. You guys have been rocking with us Monday through Friday. We appreciate you guys. Hey, if you're an everyday, go ahead and drop it in that comment box. I'm an everyday, Jarvis. I really appreciate you. When Tanisha coming back? Yeah, I got you, man. She's coming back. She'll be back next week. You know, we got a nice little roster of people that are going to fill in. And we got my main man, Randy McMichael, filling in today. But, Randy, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on the show. Today is no different. Now, just talked about, you know, how Big John Ross has been doing his thing. Mac, I got a chance to, you know, rap with him when I went out there to train the camp. I totally get why people are falling in love with this dude. However, <laughs> leading up to the draft, right? I was all in on number 88. I ain't yes. talking about Michael Irvin. I'm talking about God dog on Jalen Carter. Right. And uh Mac, the man got all the two snaps, and everybody out here losing their minds. Do you feel like Jalen Carter is going to have one of those type seasons as a rookie? Do you feel like he's on it on the precipice or something like that? Um, I think, yeah, I do. Because the thing about it is, <laughs> I'm with you, man. One of those guys who looks at, and I don't want to take a stab because I haven't seen Bijan. I think Bijan's going to be really good. I do. Me too. But when Same when you look at Jalen, I mean, just, I mean, that was funny. He was going against Ben Cleveland, former dog. Yeah, dog right. Dog exactly. Prime. Of all people. <laughs> and he just, you know, he whipped him. I mean, off the ball, his quickness, hand swipe, all those different things, man. The dude is just an awesome player and he's in the right kind of scheme. He's not going to have to come in and be a starter day one, but he's going to play a lot because, you know, you know you're going to give Jarvis and you're going to give, um, Fletch some rest and he's gonna go in there and he's gonna he's gonna fill that void that left by Hargrove who went to uh to San Francisco. I'm not saying he's Hargrove yet, but Jalen's gonna be outstanding. That's gonna be an outstanding defensive front for them. But yeah, I mean, I I, I don't wanna say it was a mistake because I haven't seen Bijan yet. But I just mm-hmm. have this this feeling that Bijan's gonna be so good for this team. And like you said, he's one of those dudes when you meet him, you're automatically just like, damn. I like this kid. I like yeah, this young man. He is like, that's how you feel about him. You really just like him. And then for him to be as good of a football player as he is, I mean, it to me, it just seemed like it's going to be a special matchup. But, yeah, I love Jalen Carter and everything. But I'm not going to – I can't say that I, w- I regret it or the Falcons shit regret it. I'm not going to say that because I still have not seen Bijan play. And I haven't seen Jarvis – I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. And I haven't seen, you know, him play – uh, that much anyway. I haven't seen him, you know, as, as far as, you know, you watch him, I'm talking about Bijan, you watch him out of practice, it looks effortless. It looks yeah, effortless. It does. Smooth as a face. Yeah, smooth as does. a base bottom, man. It does. Jalen Carter, what I saw on, on Saturday, it looked like Jalen Carter, everything I expect of him. So, I mean, it's going to be, <laughs> it's just going to be one of those things where we just keep a watchful eye on it and, and you know, and we visit at the end of the year, I guess. Yeah, you know what, man? I'm, I'm, I'm with you, but I think for me, the reason why I kind of even, Pose the question because you know, you know me. I'm being a little petty. You, you know, are, you know, how I get down. So you are. yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of how I get down. But right, I, I saw so much of Jalen. Like, and I was one of the people that you know. I'm pretty sure I wasn't by myself. Um, 
when the year when Jordan Davis was still on the team, yes, and, and Trayvon Walker, all those cats were in the, on the team. Devontae Wyatt, all those cats on the team. I was just like, the best player yeah. on this roster is number eighty-eight. I, I think a lot of people thought that, <laughs> and I think a lot of people. I'm telling you, man. You know, <laughs> you remember when Jalen jumped on the scene was on that uh, that short yardage goal line play. You remember he took oh. out those two people, and that's what all, all, everybody talked about. Oh, but I'm God. like, no, oh, that's awesome. Watch him play defensive line. Oh my God, man! Watch him play defensive line, and he was just like you said. He was a there were three first rounders on that defensive line, and he was better than all three of them. You know that's the impact that this kid has, man. And and my biggest thing with him: weight and motor, weight and motor. And I don't think that's going to be an issue for him. He's looking lean, uh, Matt. He's looking lean as hell, boy. He looks good. He looks good. I don't think there should be any motivation issue. And there wasn't no motivation issue with him at Georgia. I think that was one of those things that came out. He was called precautions. He was banged up, (laughs) knee, ankle, and then you saw once he got that knee brace off, what he started doing. It's, 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 it just makes so much sense that he's doing what he's doing now. And like not just in the, the preseason game. People are talking about him in practice. Yes. Like Jason Kelsey is like, oh, yeah, we got to come up with a plan to block this cat. Yes. So, yeah, like if Jason Kelsey is saying something like that, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, like I, I will say that for the Philadelphia Eagles. So, yeah, when you have a, center, a guy of that ilk talking about uh, a rookie like that, like that means that lets you know that it's, it's something there. And last one before we get out of here, Mac, I got to talk about this. You know, like now I was kind of, I was kind of. It took me a while to get on the Stetson Bennett train, right? But uh, you know, the man he went out there and uh, did his <laughs> thing too, man. The man threw for one ninety one. Uh, he's slugging that Tate out there, uh, L.A. I'm not saying he's gonna be the starter, but let me ask you this: Do you see him? How many games do you see him starting this year with Matthew Stafford as the starter now? Dude, I can see maybe four. Because he's going to be the he's going to be the immediate backup staff. Yeah, the thing with staff yeah. is staff. That's the word coming out of LA. Yeah, yeah. people yeah. think staff, he's going to be the backup quarterback. The thing with sure. staff is, as long as staff's healthy, he's going to be fine. But staff's right. body's so banged up, man. After all those years in Detroit, getting the crap kicked out of him, then just coming to LA up, and just get beat up, man. Staff's on his last legs and everything. Four games. It was fun to get out there and watch him play and sling the ball around, doing steps and stuff, you know, almost an interception a couple times, but it didn't matter. Yeah, that's how he rolled. That's how That's basically what he does. Hey, this is how I roll, man. I'm still going to think I can make every single throw. And, you know, and and I think that the biggest thing with Stets is, you know, just happy for him. And it's going to be a movie about this journey that he's on. That It's not even done being written yet because I don't, I'm not saying that he's going to be a franchise quarterback, but I didn't think he was going to win two damn national championships either. You know, so I think that one thing I'm not going to do is count that dude out, man. I I just, I mean, he is proving people wrong, myself included, wrong time and time again. And he's just one of those things. And and Kirby calls it. He's a gamer. He's a gamer. When the the lights are the brightest. True definition of it. This dude comes to play, man. And he's not the the biggest thing about him. He's not scared to make mistakes. He's not. He's not scared to make a mistake. He has a short term memory. And so, but yeah, it was fun to watch him play this weekend. And, uh, yeah, it'll be. It remains to be seen, but I think if staff is healthy, they'll be fine. But the bad is, as bad as that damn line is, ain't no telling how big a beating that Matt Stafford's gonna take this year. Yeah, they did strap. Uh, they did take their first pick. You know, they had a first round pick in like twelve years. And they won't have uh, with one, their second round six. pick, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, with their second round pick though, they did take Steve Avila, uh, the big boy out of uh, um, TCU. So. Yeah. And then there's some good some good um, rumblings about him um, coming out of L.A. as well. So hopefully they can help keep him upright. But like you said, I'm with you. If Stetson Bennett gets a chance to play, man, Watch don't out. be surprised if that dude go out here and do his doggone thing, man. Well, 
and we also thank you guys for for rocking with us and doing that doggone thing by downloading our podcast wherever you can get it, and also um, checking us out on YouTube. And also, gotta thank my main man, Randy Mac. Man, appreciate you for filling in today, oh, man. Yes, man. You know stuff. I got you, brother, man. All love, man. Y'all be good, man. Yes, 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 yes. That is Randy McMichael, George Bulldog, former NFL tight end. Make sure you guys check us out tomorrow. Well, we'll have another guest filling in for Tanisha Batiste. And last but not least, before we got it, if you don't do anything else in life, make sure you will share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love.